Thanks, Justin. I love, uh, I love what he was saying about uh, evangelism. We need to do more evangelizing, don't we? You know, you're always evangelizing. Um, you're just usually evangelizing other things. You're evangelizing your favorite restaurants. You're evangelizing your favorite movies. That new movie that just came out, right? You're like, oh, that movie's awesome. You tell everyone about it. We get so excited about all these other things and your favorite food than we do about Jesus. And uh, statistically, um, uh, if you, sorry, just gather my thoughts. It's been a crazy morning. Uh, According to church statistics, um, over 60% of believers haven't shared their faith in the last six months. 60% in the last six months. And God, for some reason, God could snap his fingers and then have, you know, you know, do all this stuff, but he uses you and I. How he, why he does that, we don't fully know the reason, but he chooses to do that. We are his body. Say, I'm the body. And you have a key role to play. And sometimes God overrides certain things because I believe we miss it and God's going to have his kingdom in the end. He wants to use us. That We are his first go-to. Did you know that you are his first pick? To bring his kingdom, you are his first pick. Because the kingdom is, this is going to sound really deep here. So, you know, this is philosopher Joel coming out. The kingdom is all about the kingdom. I feel like half of you missed it, okay. Pray about that a little bit more. But the kingdom is all about the kingdom. And God chooses to use us who are a part of his kingdom to accomplish his kingdom. And um, um, a friend of mine invited me, and it's always been one of my dreams, was to do a large-scale evangelism. And I've, I've preached in front of thousands of people, and there's nothing like it, and that's part of my heart. But a friend of mine, he told me, he's like, hey, Joel, I want to invite you on this trip um, to do preaching to big open-air meetings. And I'm like, what does it look like? Give me the details. How many of you are details people? You, like, you want to know what you're signing up for, right? And he's like, well, here, here's the scoop, Joel. So he's laying it out for me. He's like, I'll fly you to Indonesia, all expenses paid. How many like that? Yeah. Yes. And he's like, I'm organizing a team. I'd love you to preach, be a part of our preaching team. Be a part of our preaching team, and you're going to preach to 20 to 30,000 people at a time. And the guys that are organizing this, they are seven Christian billionaires that are paying for everything, and they own basically half the city of Singapore. And they're basically bringing these teams in of people to basically preach and set up churches and everything like that. And my friend was telling me, he said, this, like God is doing so many things in the other side of the world. He's doing things here, but just so you know, in Indonesia, crazy things are happening. You know, Indonesia is the Muslim capital of the world, right? Right now, just so you know, what's happening in Indonesia, and I believe this is me, I believe part of why this is happening is because the church isn't fully stepping up to it. But what is happening, believe it or not, is Jesus is showing up in mosques, open vision in front of mosques and leading thousands of Muslims to Jesus. In the middle of a mosque service, he's showing up in open vision. Everyone's seen him and he's preaching about himself, getting the whole mosque saved. And it's spreading like wildfire through Indonesia. God will have his kingdom at the end of the day. And I love what you said. It's like, there's tens of thousands of people. Don't look at the, the sheep in the other fold over there and be like, ooh, pretty sheep. And you go over to that fold, to the other church, and be like, hey, I snagged that pretty sheep, right? Who did that? David did that. He got in trouble. You guys know what I'm talking about? Don't do that. There's tens of thousands of sheep in Medicine Hat. You just, they're in your workplace. They're in your home. They're down the street. They're right next door. I won't, I won't preach on that because I'm not teaching on that tonight. That, that, was a good, that was a good word though you had though. I wish you just kept going the whole time. Anyways, so um, what we're going to be talking about today is about the kingdom, but Sermon on the Mount. And um, I, don't, I don't know if this is the last session on Sermon on the Mount. Was there other ones after this? There might be a few more. I don't know, but have you guys been enjoying the Sermon on the Mount series so far? Yes. It's really practical, isn't it? 
It's the, the kingdom is really, really practical. And I had this, uh, I'm a little messed up right now because I had this amazing message. It was awesome. And I'm supposed to speak on pure in heart today, and I'm going to still speak on that. But I had all my notes done up and everything. And then I go, I go up to the barn because we live on Dwayne Jeanette's property. I walk up to the barn tonight, uh, this morning just to kind of finish prepping and stuff. And all of a sudden, Jesus walks into the room up there. And he starts talking to me. And he tells me all my notes basically throw them away. So I'm like, okay, great. And he starts giving me these words that I feel like I'm supposed to share with you guys today about this message. So um, this is pretty much as fresh as it gets. Fresh out of the oven. It's baked fresh. Yes. How many of you like fresh baking? I promise I'm not promoting. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so I had this, uh, you know, that we show up here, and then Dwayne has this word, and then everyone's praying for everyone, and then worship. Was, worship is amazing. And then all of a sudden, I'm just on the floor, and I'm just messed up. I feel like a train hit me. So we need more of that in our lives, right? How many of you want more of that? Okay, hold your hands up for a moment. Just say, I... Say your name. Give you, God, permission to mess me up. Amen. All right. That's all he's waiting for. He's like, all right, now you sign the blank check. Here we go. Don't complain to me. Complain to a staff member. <laughs> Anyways, um, so what I'm speaking on today is Matthew 5, 8. Um, this is one of the Beatitudes. It's blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. I love this verse because it's all, it always intrigued me. You know, blessed are those who mourn. You know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. All that stuff is great, but seeing God? Like when I first read that years ago, it completely captivated me because I want to see God. How many of you want to see God? I promise I'm, I'm getting you engaged in stuff. I'm not just having you air out your armpits. I want you to like be involved, okay? Don't just tune out. But blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see, oh, it's up there, sweet. For they shall see God. So the Sermon on the Mount is all about the kingdom. When Jesus came, he was bringing the, the, the kingdom of heaven down to earth in a real way. And it was going from the externals to the internals. And what I mean by that is the Pharisees up until the time, they had all of the laws of Moses. And they were very strict and meticulous of it. But they actually went above and beyond that. I believe Darren shared on this last weekend a little bit. But basically what they did is they established, they, 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 they reverend God's laws so much that they actually created their own man-made laws to actually act as a fence or a barrier to keep them farther away from God's laws, okay? So it's like, if I'm not gonna go on, if I told you, if I told everyone here, don't go on this stage because that's God's law, for example, then what the Pharisees did is they built up a 10-foot fence 10 feet away from it around this and they, that was their laws to protect this thing so that if no one crossed that, you get what I'm saying here? But what happened is they did that and they created this system and they actually put more importance on their own laws than on God's laws. And man's laws became God's laws and God's laws was more the secondary thing, okay? And a lot of what they would do, everything was about the external and how you look and how you perform and the duties that, you know, are you acting like a good person and all that type of stuff. And that's generally what we get in religious circles today. In church, I'm gonna use the word church today as a very generic statement, broadly speaking, okay? So please, I'm not picking on this church or any specific church, I'm saying generalizing, okay? The church has put a greater um, importance on how we look than on what's actually going on inside, okay? And so Jesus, when he stepped onto the scene at that time, he often, if you read this through the Sermon on the Mount, he would often say, you have heard that it was said, you guys know this? 
do not commit adultery, for example. But I tell you, he who looks at a woman in lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart, right? He has many statements like that. You have heard that it was said, referencing the law. And this is one of my favorite ones. He said like, unless if your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven, okay? Now, the Pharisees were the pinnacle of man-made righteousness. So you have, imagine you have 5,000, it says that there are 5,000 you know, people-ish around there. Men, because they, they only counted men in those days. Sorry, women, we, we count you today, okay? But men, there were so, it's easy to assume that there was thousands upon thousands when you count all the men, women, and children, okay? You have all these people hearing this thing from Jesus about talking about righteousness and these laws and everything. And Jesus is basically saying, hey, you see these Pharisees here? Unless if you're better than them, you're not going to get into heaven. So in one statement, he's condemning the Pharisees and he's saying, hey, you guys aren't good enough. And they're like, what are you talking about, Willis? And then the other people are looking at them. They're like, if we can't even do that, how can we do anything? And then Jesus says, Matthew 5, 48, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And how the heck are we supposed to be perfect? Have you ever thought of that? What Jesus was talking about in that moment, it comes back to the internals. What he's saying in that statement, Matthew 5, 48, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. He's saying that in your relationship with God, God will show you various things in your life that you ought to do, okay? So think about your life for a moment. There's probably one or two things that God has shown you that you know you need to work on. Everyone nod your heads. Okay, beyond that, Beyond that, everything else is irrelevant. If you do those things, you are being perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Because religion will say, hey, there's 300 and some laws and look at your life in light of 300 and some laws. Unless if you match all these things, unless if you're perfect, you suck and God's not happy. But God flipped and he said, hey, you see this one thing in your life? You just work on this. Let's deal with your heart. Let's deal with this purity of heart. Because purity of heart is not just about immorality, sexual sins, and things like that. Purity of heart is actually having your heart in alignment with him. So he's saying, if you just fix this one issue here, this lying in your life, you know that lying issue? Let's just work on this for a little bit. It's like this, he's shining the spotlight on this one issue. And guys, that's all you need to work on in that moment. Do not worry about the other stuff. Who cares if other people are saying this about you, if the enemy's condemning you? Because he's so easy to condemn. He's like, what about this other thing in your life? What about this? What about that? You have all these thoughts coming at you. Forget all that. What God is saying about that one issue, if you do that, you will be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect because God walks in all of the light that he possesses, which is fullness of light. If God shows you a limited amount of light on this one thing, that's all the light that you're walking in. When you fix that, you're walking in all the light that you're walking in just as he was walking all the light that he's walking in. Are you with me on this? And then once you clean that up, there, he'll show you another thing, and then that's your focus. It's one thing at a time, walking in unison with him, because if you do that, you will be fulfilling Matthew 5, 48. And that's how your righteousness which is his righteousness, exceeds that of man because you're walking in, a, in the spirit. So please, what this will do when you understand this is it will relieve all this pressure of following all these rules and doing everything perfect and being this type of person that you feel like you never are because God doesn't care about that. He doesn't. God just wants your heart. That's it. He doesn't care about the externals because the externals are an overflow from the internals. Are you with me here? I'm not saying go do anything externally and God doesn't care, but what I'm saying is Joel 2, it says, rend your hearts, not your garments. In other words, the people of Israel, they would rend their hearts to show in sorrow and repentance. They would rip their clothes and say, God, I'm sorry. And God's like, I don't care about your showmanship. I don't care if you show up on Sunday, if you sing a little hallelujah, you get a few goosebumps and you go out and keep doing the same crap. 
He said, I'd rather you show up once a month, once a year, but have a relationship with me and be engaged with me and have a heart that's alive. And God would rather have your heart than have your Sunday. Are you with me here? God, obviously, you show up on Sunday so that you can be with people because the people are the church. And if you're showing up on Sunday to sing some songs so you can feel God, you need God outside of Sunday. Honestly, you need to come fired up and jacked up and you need to be already talking to God when you show up on Sunday. So Sunday is really not about, you know, singing praises to God and, you know, serving God and all this stuff. It's really about people and loving, loving people, loving God. It's really simple, guys. That may mess with some of your theology a little bit, but I don't care. I'm just a volunteer. <laughs> That's my new phrase. <laughs> so God, God wants your heart. So again, all that to say that the kingdom, the Sermon on the Mount, is all about your heart. And I love what Dwayne said. Dwayne said this a few weeks ago that Jesus didn't come for a church. He came for a kingdom. Because there was a church system 2,000 years ago, but it wasn't enough. And how many of you, if you look around at church nowadays, generally speaking, you can see that the church needs Jesus more than ever. How is it that in Canada, we have more churches on every block than any other nation, but we are more godless than ever before? We have more Bible schools, more Christian universities. And those are great, but those are amazing, okay? But we have all this going on, but then we need revival. Why is that? Because we're missing it. We, God came for a kingdom. And I'm going to share a few things today that is going to make you maybe a little uncomfortable. But I'm just going to do it because Jesus told me to. And I hope that we're going to do an activation at the end. And the activation that we're going to do is really going to, if you want to do it, you're more than welcome to, but it's really going to change your life like it changed mine. And we're going to do this verse here. We're going to make a few things right here. And then we're going to, we're going to activate ourselves to actually see God. Because we have this idea that God's kingdom is about inviting Jesus into your life. And it's funny how that even in that phrase, invite Jesus into your heart, right? It's like, here's my heart with all, my, with all of me filling it. Because up until you met Jesus, you were like the king of your heart, right? And many of us, really our Christian walk is about constantly working at dethroning ourselves off of it and putting Jesus back on the throne. And it's like a lot of us, we have Jesus as, as like a side app in our life. It's like, a, you know, an app on our phone. It's like G we have the Jesus app. That whenever we get in a crisis, we pull up the Jesus app and be like, Jesus, help! Jesus to the rescue. Dun, 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 dun. Right? And then he solves the problem in our life and then we continue on as usual. That's not what Jesus came for. In fact, why we do that oftentimes is because we are so inundated with everything else in our life than about his kingdom. And let me explain real practically what that looks like. That every, the world is fighting for your attention and your focus. Because Matthew 6.33 said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given unto you. All of these things. Think about your life for a moment. Think about the needs that you have in your life. Even the wants that you want in your life. Maybe it's like you're not married and you're like, I want to really get married someday so I want a spouse. Maybe you're, you're stuck financially and you, you feel like you can't get ahead and you know, you really, or you're, in, you're almost in bankruptcy so you need finances, so finance is another one. Maybe you don't have a job and maybe you need another job. Maybe your family's in crisis and you need God to like intervene in your family. Whatever it is that you need, okay? Just think about that for a second. What Matthew 6.33 is saying is if you seek first his kingdom first, God's gonna give you everything else. Solomon, I know this is Old Testament, old school, but when so Jesus, or when God showed up to, G to Solomon in the dream, in, in respect, really what Solomon was asking for was actually God's kingdom because he asked for wisdom. 
because the kingdom wasn't really established at that time. So really that was in alignment with God's heart because God wanted to give Solomon wisdom. And so because Solomon brought himself into alignment with God's kingdom, God actually gave him everything he ever wanted. He gave him power, he gave him victory, he gave him wealth, he gave him everything like that. That was just like a, a foreshadow of what actually Matthew 6, was, which is God's kingdom. And every single thing that you want and you need in your life, God actually wants to fulfill, fulfill better than you could fulfill it. I'm telling you this. God is better at getting you the things that you want than you are getting the things that you want. But Joel, like we're not talking spiritual things here. We're talking like, you know, I really want this thing. This is a thing that you don't really tell anyone because it, seems, it sounds so dumb. God cares about those things. God wants to get you everything that you want in alignment with him if you seek his kingdom first. Okay? It's really simple. But the world says, seek first this other stuff. Seek first the fame. Seek first the money. Seek first, you know, the relationships or seek first the highs of life. Seek that stuff and then worry about this other stuff. It's backwards. And if you do that, you will be unfulfilled and broken. So the kingdom is really about seeking him first. It's really quite simple. You know, Jesus oftentimes would, would say like, unless if you become like the children, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven because the kingdom of heaven is actually so simple that children can understand it. How many times if you, like, you know, with kids, like our kids are six and three. If you tell them to do one thing, typically they do it, typically. <laughs> if you tell them to do 10 things, they won't even do two, Right? Jesus just tells us to do one thing, which is to seek first his kingdom. But we're so distracted because our attention is elsewhere on so many other things. We're seeking after this, we're seeking after that. Did you know, according to studies, um, that the average American, and Canada and American statistics are pretty much exactly the same, but the average American spends 12 hours and 21 minutes a day on their gadgets, which is about two-thirds of your waking life. That's the Nielsen Research Group. 12 hours and 21 minutes a day on their gadgets. The reason why some of the largest companies in the world are tech companies and social media companies is because that's where the real money is to be made in society today. It's the, it's the buying of your attention than the trading of your information. I promise you, like Apple is worth more than the five biggest oil field companies in the world combined. What do they do? iPhones. Are you guys, do you guys get this? One of the biggest cancers of society today is social media. I deleted all of mine. I'm just like, forget this. And I know there's some social media spirits that are probably manifesting right now, but it's all right. Spirit of Instagram, up and out. Don't take away my selfies. <laughs> it's true. Because guys, our attention is our worship. We worship so many things today, but Joe, I don't bow down to the thing. It's not, there's not an altar there. There is an altar actually. Your altar actually looks like this that you don't have to bow down to something anymore to worship it. That, that's, not, that's not American of you. That's not Canadian of you. We don't do that. I've been in India where they have altars and shrines and they go there and they bow down to these things and all this stuff, right? And all those shenanigans. But we, don't, we generally don't have that widely spread here. We have this. This is your altar. I'm hitting someone here hard. I'm gonna dig a little deeper. This is really what's buying your time. It's an idol. And for some of you, Jesus said it's better for you that you cut off your right hand, which causes you to sin, than to enter into hell. For some of you, you just need to get rid of this. For some of you, this is not a problem, okay? And if you don't think it's a problem, ask the three closest people in your life if it's a problem in your life. <laughs> People that don't struggle with the same thing, okay? 
It's like you're Instagramming each other. You're like, is Instagram a problem in my life? No, honey, don't do that. This is great. Okay, we'll keep doing this then. It's like you're in an immoral relationship and you're asking the other person, do you think this is right? Do you think this is okay? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Okay, but this thing, it buys our time and our attention. 12 hours and 21 minutes a day. This is time that is pulling you away from God's kingdom. It's time that's pulling you away from your family. It's time for some of you, you need money. Just cut your phone time in half and get a side job. You know what I mean? I just don't have time. Like, what the frick? Like, yeah, I guess if you count for 10 hours of Instagram a day, who has time for that, right? But for some of you, you need to get rid of that. And for me, what happened to me in my personal life is I became, I started becoming so obsessed with God's kingdom. And like this verse, I wanted to see God. I wanted to see God's kingdom. And I'm like, how do I do that, God? Like practically, I'm a practical guy. How many practical people are there, right? It's like, you can give me information, but I want to know how I practically do something with my life and not just feel inspired for 12 hours. So I asked God, I said, God, how do I see your kingdom? Because I really want to. And if, if it's there, then what do I do? And God told me, he said, delete Facebook off your phone. No word of a lie, verbatim. I'm like, okay, what's that going to do other than maybe save me a few minutes a day? Because I wasn't on it a lot. So I deleted off my phone and all of a sudden I started seeing angels. For the first time in my life, I started seeing like visions of angels. I started seeing all these things. I'm like, what? And God told me, he said, your heart was not in alignment because your eyes were locked into these other things that you, you couldn't actually see because you have spiritual eyes. You have spiritual ears, okay? How many of you here have heard God in the last week? Okay, did you know that uh, the vast majority, my friend told me this other day, and I believe it to be true, the vast majority of believers do not hear God. And I'm like, that is so true. Guys, God is speaking every single day, all the time. And when I, like, when I started this message with like sharing about, like I had this encounter this morning, I don't even call, call these things encounters anymore because they're just normal. And it's not because I'm super special or super anointed or super holy or super pure. Like we are all human. We all have our stuff that we're working through, right? It's like as soon as you fix up something in your life, God shines a bigger light on a different area, Right? And all of a sudden, it's a blind spot that you never saw before. So all of us are in this process. So it's not about being this mature person like that, but it's about going after his kingdom. So like I said, these, these encounters are just normal, and I actually expect them, and I go after them, and I ha they happen to me all the time. I see angels every single day. And I know other people in this room that do every single day because they are seeking first his kingdom, and you have to activate your spiritual eyes and your spiritual ears. If you want God to speak to you all the time, then open up your spiritual ears. Well, how do I do that? Well, for one, stop listening to Beyonce. It's true. Stop listening to Lady Gaga. Stop listening to Maroon 5. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Like, and I'm not, I'm not condemning those guys or those ladies. Like, they're whatever, right? But what I'm saying is, if your ears are plugged into so much to this world and you're listening to this world and the things of this world, you're going to have very little appetite for God's kingdom and what he's actually trying to say. Have you ever been with someone where you have earphones in and it's like music is blasting and they're trying to like talk to you but you can't hear them? That's God for the majority of believers is we have music in our ears, we have distractions, our eyes are set on our own kingdom rather than God's kingdom, and so we're missing what he's trying to communicate to us. And so if you want to see God, you need to get an alignment and you need to actually awaken your spiritual ears and your spiritual eyes. We're going to do that today, is that okay? And so um, it's really quite easy because you were made to encounter God, experience God, hear from God, and see God. And when I was talking to Jesus this morning, one thing we were talking about is how we often look to death as our salvation. 
And what I mean by that is Jesus was telling me, he's like, people invite me into their lives and then they kind of forget about me. And what he was saying was, it's like we do the church thing and everything, but we often think it's like now that Jesus saved me, we will see Jesus when we get to heaven when we die. So one day when I die, I'm going to get to heaven. One day when I die, I'm going to see God. One day when I die, everything will be perfect. It sounds like your hope and salvation is really in death. So let's just all save the time and let's just all die. If that's what the Christian life is about. But it's not. But we think that it is. You can actually step into his kingdom because the best way to actually bring his kingdom here to earth is to actually see what's going on in his kingdom and to understand his kingdom so that you can replicate his kingdom here. Please, please grab a hold of this, okay? The best way to actually spread his kingdom is to understand his kingdom, not just from reading the Bible, which is one part of it, but is from actually seeing what's going on, hearing what's going on, so that you can be current, like Dwayne was talking about, the times and seasons. If you are hearing what the Spirit is saying for this time and season, for this church, for this city, for this area, for your neighborhood, then you can fully release the kingdom in that moment. But unless if you have eyes to see, you know, Jesus said, unless you have ears, who he, I'm just praying tongues, okay? Unless he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has eyes to see, let him see. So we're gonna do that today. Can I invite the worship team up? How are we doing for time? We're good. All right. God is really after your heart. And the reason why he doesn't have our heart all the time is because something else has our heart. Please, please stay focused for just a couple more minutes. I see a few of you are just checking out. The reason why God doesn't have your heart all the time is because something else has your heart. And the thing that has your heart right now seems like it's a big deal because you've been listening to a voice in your life that's telling you how important it is and how important this thing is in your life. And you, the more you have to do it, the more it has control over your life and the more it seems like an addiction, the more it seems like an idol, the more it seems like a big thing in your life. In reality, that other thing that's in your life right now that's not God is actually a small thing that you're meant to give up so that God can become the big thing. It's like when you have junk food, how many of you like junk food? Come on, be honest. It's like when you have junk food, the more you have junk food, the more you crave junk food, not because you actually want junk food, but it's because you get in a little bit of an addiction to it. And if you eat it over and over and over again, all the time, it becomes this big thing in your life. And the whole idea of giving it up seems like giving up part of your soul. <laughs> Some of you are like, don't talk to me about dark chocolate. It's good for you. But you don't actually need that. You know what I'm saying? So some of you today, coming into alignment with blessed are the pure in heart, your heart becoming pure before the Lord is really giving up something. For some of you, it's yourself. Been there, done that. I'm probably, out of everyone, I probably have one of the most experience in that area. It's like you putting yourself first your needs first, your desires first, above God, because you don't trust God to actually give you what you actually want. For some of you, you need to give up yourself. For some of you, you need to give up this. TV. I'm not gonna say radio because no one listens to the radio anymore. <laughs> There's like one FM guy in the crowd here. How's an FM? Sports. Some of you, you spend more time watching sports than you do with your family. And you wonder why your family's in chaos. For some of you, you wonder why you struggle with that addiction so bad. Pornography and lust. Because you spend so much time on this crap. Honestly. Statistically speaking, and this is not a shame thing, but statistically speaking, at least 50% of this room struggles with pornography. 60% of women struggle with pornography, according to church statistics. 
over 80% of men. It's because of this stuff. If you look on the top 10 most visited sites on the entire internet, over four of the 10 are pornographic sites. Why? Because the world knows, the devil knows that if, if, if he can get our eyes, if he can get our eyes, then we will not see God. We'll be so fixed on everything else here. This is not a battle of like, you know, this doing this right thing here, being a better person here, like not all this stuff. This is a battle, guys. This is a war. And the prophets, the seers, the, the anointed messengers, you are anointed messenger. But Joel, I'm not a preacher. It's not about this, guys. This is like the smallest part of my week. I do this like once every couple weeks for 45 minutes. Your life is not about having something like this. It's not about holding something like that. It's not about being in front of people. Your life is about when nobody's watching you and it's just you and God. That is your life. Because if you win the victories in the secret place, private victories lead to public victories. I promise you. A lot of what I'm sharing today is because I've gone through hell in certain areas over years that I could say this on this. I'm still working on things just like all of us are. No, no one's above that. But the devil's fighting for your eyes. Specifically, we're going after that today. The devil, if it's not pornography, it's just plain social media. It's just plain Netflix. And guys, I'm not saying that you have to be one of these hermits where it's like you delete everything, you don't watch anything, and then you sit in front of your Bible and you're just like, I guess I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. It's really about cutting. For some of you, you need to cut the cord completely for a season. Because if you really want to see God, you need to set yourself apart. Consecrate your eyes. Because we become so obsessed, like Cain and Abel. I love what Corey Russell said. He said that we have sold our birthright for a bowl of soup. We've sold our birthright to see heaven for the pleasures of this age. We've settled for something that's lesser at the expense of our heart, and we're not seeing that what actually matters because we've traded it for something lesser. Guys, that needs to change today. God wants to awaken your hearts today. He wants to awaken your eyes today. He wants you to become so broken before him where God can actually work with you. Because right now, some of you in the room, speaking from personal experience, why you aren't feeling God move like you used to is because you aren't broken enough. Because you're in the way. This is not a condom, condom, condemnation thing. This is like a let's wake up thing. Let's wake up. I want to invite you to stand. We're going to do something. We're going to do two things. Just so I can see you guys a bit better. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to, to put your hands on your eyes. Father, I thank you that we're here today because you love us. Because you're for us and not against us. Because you died for us out of love. Thank you that you saved us. Lord, we come humbly before you today Lord, just as it says on this verse, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see you. God, we want to be pure. We want to have pure hearts. We want to have pure eyes. We want to have pure ears. Lord, forgive us. Just say, Father, forgive me for trading my vision, for giving my eyes to lesser things, for being for myself, for immorality, for distractions. Forgive me for trading them 
Cleanse my eyes. Let me see right now. Let me see right now. I want to see you. I want to see your kingdom. Remove the distractions in my life. Help me to remove them. Let my eyes be fixed on you. Place your hands on your ears. Saying, Father, forgive me. I, I feel like some of you are checking out here. Just, I, I promise you this will change your life. Say, Father, forgive me for filling my ear gate with junk, for listening to other people's voices above yours. I plead the blood of Jesus over my ears. Cleanse me. Help me to hear your voice right now in the name of Jesus. All right, open your eyes for a minute. I'm going to lead you guys through something here, and we're going to practically do this because we have to get rid of that, that crap first before we do what we're about to do here. And I've done this with a few of you guys before, but this is the first time I've ever done this on any Sunday um, in all my preaching years. But I felt like we're supposed to do it today. And I'm going to show you guys how to actually step into heaven and how to actually see God. Is that okay? Okay. Again, seeing God is not a death thing. Like you don't have to die in order to see God. And the religious system has so often said, actually sit down for a second, because this is going to be a very intimate moment between you and God, okay? Can you guys bear with me for a few more minutes? Okay, if you need to go, just go. I, I don't care. But a religious system over the years has said, you can't do these things. You can't see God. Why? Because it's a problem. Because you can't. Watch this stuff. You know, the, the religious system, it has a problem with, you know, seeing God and things like that. But it has no problem with you watching every other movie under the sun. Have you noticed that? It has no problem with you giving all of your time and your attention to sports and to, to be fantasized with all this stuff. I'm not even speaking of bad things. I'm just speaking of whatever. It has no problem with you giving your eyes to that. But as soon as you talk about like visions, dreams, and encounters, it's like, whoa, 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 back up. Okay, I'm just calling that out for what it is right now. You can actually see God because that's what it says. If you don't, don't take my word for it. It's right there on the screen. And if you don't believe the screen, check your Bible. It's there. Okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to use, we're going to close your eyes. Close your eyes. And what we're going to do is we're going to, the kingdom is all about faith. Faith opens doors. The difference between you touching someone and you saying, be healed, and you saying, be healed in faith, is that faith empowers it. Because prayer is really just talking. So the difference between talking to someone in faith is that things move, things shift, because faith is what triggers it. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to, by faith, we're going to open a door here. We're going to activate our eyes, okay? And it feels like you're going to be forcing it maybe to start, but that's okay because many of you have never done this before. Anytime you do something for the first time, it may be hard. So if you don't get this right away, I promise you stick with it. Keep doing it because how often do you get something right the first time? You have to keep going after it, okay? So keep your eyes closed. I'm going to read something to you guys. Okay. This is Revelations 4. I'm going to read this to you guys and we're going to do something, okay? Revelations 4, verse 1 says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place in this, after this. So there's a door that's open for you right now into heaven. And Jesus is saying the same thing that he said to, to John as to you. He's saying, Come up here. You don't have to wait till Sunday for God to hopefully show up so that you can encounter him. You can go there. Amen? Okay, so what I want you to do is they, with your eyes closed, I want you to see a door standing in front of you. 
Nod your heads if you see it. Okay. If you don't know what a door looks like, think about the last door that you looked at this morning when you left your door. That's a door. Okay. A door is a door. You see, everyone see a door in your mind's eye. Okay. After these things, I looked and behold, I saw a door standing open in heaven. I want you to walk up to that door in your mind. Okay. This is you're applying faith to this. Okay. It's not hard. Children get this. I want you in your mind's eye to walk up to it right now. If it's complicated, you're making it too complicated. Just see yourself walking up to this door. Everyone there? Everyone at the door? Okay, I want you to reach for the door handle and I want you to open up the door. And by faith, I want you to walk through the door. Immediately, this is verse two, I was in the spirit. Right now, what's happening is you're actually in the spirit, what's happening is you're getting outside of your flesh and you're actually walking in the spirit. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. I want you to walk through that door and you're going to see a throne. Nod your head if you see it. There's a throne set in heaven. I want you to walk up to that throne. Stay with me just for another two minutes here. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. I want you to walk up to him. Nod your head if, you, if you're seeing it. I want you just to look at him. The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Right now, what's happening is you're engaging in faith. God, I want to see you. I want to feel you. I want you. I want to be fascinated by you. Just look at him. Just look at him. Notice what you're feeling. Notice the feeling. Maybe it's peace. Nod your head if you're feeling peace. Maybe it's joy. Maybe it's some burdens that are just melting off of you. Just look at them. I'll read that verse again. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne. That's covenantal mercy over you. It's his covenant. It's his promise. It's his redemption. It's so you can actually have him. Just look at him. And what I want you to do, keep your eyes closed. I want you to, in your mind's eye, I want you to reach out your hands like a child would towards their dad. Reach out your hands to him. Like you want him to pick you up. Pay attention to what he does. Just say, Father, hug me. Love on me. It's just between you and him right now. Just feel his embrace. Feel his presence. Say, Father, speak to me right now. I want you to just to stand in front of him again. Just look at him just for one more second. Just take it all in. His beauty, his glory. Is he smiling at you? 
Is he happy? Just take it all in. What are you feeling? The peace. Are you hearing anything? Are you hearing angels sing? Are you hearing him speak to you? What, what's, what are you hearing? Just pay attention to all that. Just take it all in. This is just you and him. Now, I want you with just 10 more seconds, I want you to turn around in, in, in your mind's eye and I want you to walk back out through that door that you entered in. I want you to close the door. I want you to open your eyes now. I realize that how many, how many of you did something really impactful happen there? Yeah. I realize that most of you have never done that before, and it may seem a little weird, but one thing I've learned about God is the more you learn about God, the weirder it gets. <laughs> right? And you can go there anytime. And if you struggle with that, like I said, the first time you do something, the, the, it's the hardest it ever is. It gets easier and easier and easier. You can go and spend time with him forever, however long you want. You can go before him. Well, if your quiet time looked like that, actually showing up and actually talking with him face to face, rather than just sitting there, hopefully, hopefully God will show up and you're kind of bored anyways and you're scrolling through news anyways. God wants your attention. He wants your eyes. That's all I feel to say about that. Please take this exercise. It's changed my life. And it opens up, it starts using your spiritual eyes to engage with him. And this is all really about loving God. Seeing him is your attention. It's worship. And I'd rather be fascinated by him than by any other thing. And the more you do it, the more addicted to him you become which is what he wants because he has your best interest in mind. So Father, I just ask that you would take this, that you would seal it, Lord. And for anyone that was having a hard time with it, I just ask that you would bring that breakthrough in whatever way you need to, Lord, that you would just open up our spiritual eyes to see, open up our ears to hear you. Lord, that as we read your word, that you would speak to us, that it would just be words on a page, but that it would be life, because your word is life, it's spirit and it's life. Lord, and let our eyes be fixed on you and your kingdom, not on the things of this age. So Lord, we commit ourselves to you, Lord. Show us what distractions we need to remove practically. And Lord, I ask that you would fascinate us, that you would wow us, that our hearts would become fully yours, fully captivated by your beauty. We love you, we praise you, Father. We thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a good week, guys.